Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 88th episode of the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with the wonderful American country singer-songwriter Don Williams, whose international hits included You're My Best Friend and I Recall a Gypsy Woman. Among the great artists who've covered his songs have been Johnny Cash, Eric Clapton, Kenny Rogers, Pete Townsend and even Telly Savalas. Don died in 2017 at the age of 78. My interview with him took place in 1994 when he was performing in Surrey, England. So I started by asking Don how it felt to be back in the UK. Oh, it's always great. We enjoy coming over. You have a very special audience over here. They seem to really take to you, don't they? Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been really good to me for a long time. Are you doing a full world tour at the moment, just a European tour? What's the situation? No, it's not a world tour. We go home when we finish here. Well, we go to Ireland and, and then home. And then we come back in about uh, two and a half weeks and uh, play Zimbabwe and uh, then back to the States and we work around uh, various places there and I think we may do a date or two in Canada and then we're going to do uh, the bulk of the rest of the year in Branson. Why Zimbabwe? It seems an odd choice. I mean, why do you choose certain countries to tour? Well, I don't really choose them. Uh, they choose me. Um, I have had all kinds of correspondence from the continent, all over the continent, really. Uh, evidently, I, I have a lot of fans down there, but it's been really difficult to try to get down and see them because uh, the government situations and uh, this, that, and the other, just about every time we think we have something worked out, well, the climate changes and uh, people get real nervous. And so this is the nearest that we've come to going so far. So it's not so much that you're marketed in certain places, just that your message gets across and people find your records. I really think that's more the, the case, yeah. Do you think it's a case of the sort of things you write about appeal to those sort of people? You were voted all-time favourite artist in the Ivory Coast, don't you, which is a fairly unusual yeah. you know, thing to have, but obviously a great honour. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it's been really interesting to me that uh, some of the most oppressed places in the world uh, have taken to my music. Uh, some most different cultures and everything, uh, India, Everybody tells me I'm really big in India and have been for a long time, and Africa. So I don't know, you know, when I know I have a lot of fans uh, in a, uh, an area, if I can, I like to go see them. But uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. Do you tend to find that these places that are fascinated by you also fascinate you? Well, they do. They definitely do. It's, uh, it's very intriguing to me to to go see the people and, you know, get a little bit better idea how they live and everything. Do you fancy staying some time in these places and seeing how they really live? Well, I would like to. Uh, sometimes the, the closest that you can come to it is just, you know, getting an overview kind of, uh, because we're seldom in any area very long. But you are based in Nashville yourself, are you? You're a sort of Tennessee man nowadays. Yeah, we've uh, we've been living in the Na in the Nashville area for over twenty years now, and uh, so that's pretty much home. Uh, 
we live about 40 miles northwest of Nashville out in the country, but uh, Tennessee's more home than anywhere else. But originally you're from Texas, isn't that right? Right, uh huh. Is that very different to Tennessee, or is it much the same sort of existence? Well, there are differences. but as far as just the way people feel and how they treat each other and everything, uh, Tennessee and Texas are very much the same. Now, it always seems with country music that it's written with a lot of angst and a lot of, you need to be very hungry to write the sort of songs that you do. But presumably, after so much success that you've had, that sort of hunger isn't there anymore. So what inspires you now? Well, if I can't find the songs uh, that pretty much fulfill whatever I feel like I need to say at, a, at a, any point in time, then I feel a lot more pressure to write. But uh, we have so many writers in Nashville anymore that uh, uh, they've pretty much answered the call for me. Was your background quite a hard one that inspired you to write you know, tragic songs and that sort of thing that country seems to be all about? Well, I don't think that you could say I came up easy. Uh, you know, we were poor, and, uh, you know, my mother and my father divorced when I was very young, and, uh, you know, we went through a lot of problems like most families do, and, uh, but, no, I didn't, I didn't have an easy way to go coming up. What was it that started you off um, wanting to go into music business? Because you tried quite a few other jobs, didn't you, at the time? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, music was always my hobby. I, I can't remember when I wasn't just totally fascinated with the whole thing about music, you know, how people wrote songs and uh, subjects that they chose and, and uh, what it took to learn a song and, and make a record and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but like I say, it was always my hobby and uh, I never really dreamed that I'd make a living at it someday. Before that, I mean, I was just trying to get a job that I knew would provide for my family well and such as that. How did you get started? Well, um, I had just gotten completely away from music for a couple of years and uh, started working with this young fellow down in uh, Portland, Texas, and we started doing shows together and and uh, met Susan Taylor at one of the college functions and formed the Pozo Seco Singers and... Uh, we started, you know, from that and made some records, and they did pretty well. And We had about a six-year run of it. Are you glad you started when you did? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was a, a good time for me for learning. I learned a lot in uh, the five or six years that uh, the Pozos were together. Who and what inspired you in those days, and how different is it to the sort of things and sort of people that inspire you these days? I can't really say that people inspire me as much as songs. Um, the way that people inspire me is 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 their uh, their situations. You know, I mean, uh, watching what people go through and what that means to me. But when I sit down to write a song, it's uh, I don't zero into uh, uh, a real life situation that I'm aware of, you know. What was the first song that really launched you as far as you're concerned? Well, it would have had to have been uh, In the Shelter of Your Eyes. Can you tell us the story of that song? 
Well, it was the first song that I wrote uh, that kind of signified to me that I could write that kind of song. Uh, I had written a lot of songs prior to that, but uh, In the Shelter of Your Eyes uh, was really a bit different as far as approach. Now, over here, you're best known for You're My Best Friend and I, I Recall a Gypsy Woman. What can you tell us about those songs? Well, You're My Best Friend uh, was written by a friend of mine who was writing for my little publishing company at the time. And he had this idea and came to me with fragments of it. And uh, over the course of a year, he'd write some on it and bring it to me and uh, play me what he had, and I'd tell him what I thought. And this went on back and forth like that for about a year. And uh, then the last time he brought it to me, I said, yeah, that's it, you got it. And I recall a gypsy woman is a song that's written was written by Bob McDill and Alan Reynolds, who I was working with both of them at that time, uh, Bob being a writer and Alan in production. And uh, it was one of the songs that I had gone around all over town trying to get someone else to record uh, because I just felt like it was really a good song. Why couldn't you record it yourself? Well, I didn't, I didn't really have designs on recording again myself. Uh, I wanted to just write and uh, be at home and, and hopefully uh, help other people get their songs recorded along with mine. But uh, I kept running into the same thing with other people uh, telling me that I should record it, you know, and so finally I did. Is it a problem having a big hit song like that and, and those few that, that everybody wants you to sing those all the time and they're not so interested in hearing the, the new stuff until they get used to it? No, it, it really isn't. Um, I mean, I think the best that I could probably describe it is, would be if, if uh, you know, in certain situations where you got together with friends, if they always liked for you to tell this certain story. And you knew they really loved it. They loved just the way, they loved the story and they loved the way you told it. I don't think a person would get tired of that, you know. Uh, as long as I know the fans really do want to hear it, uh, then I'm more than pleased to do the songs and, and no, they don't get boring. Are there any songs that you haven't written or that you haven't sung that you really wish you'd, had been yours? Oh, yeah, there's a multitude of them. I couldn't name you one right now, but, uh, yeah, you know, over the years, there have been a lot of songs that I've heard that that I've felt like I wish I had the first shot at that one or I wish I'd have written that one. How do you feel about the new supposed wave of country music? Do you think there is a new wave of country music that everyone's talking about? Well, I think the new wave is more in a, in a philosophical approach than anything else. Uh, the philosophic approach that's so much different than, than it was even five years ago is, uh, is just the way uh, record labels and uh, managers and radio uh, in the States are dealing with country music. My opinion is uh, the way they're dealing with it to the greatest extent is like uh, top 40 stations did, you know, 
just a few years back. And Top 40 learned a hard lesson by doing that because people got very weary of uh, a new horse in the stable every other day. And, uh, you know, there's just no longevity. It's a, it's a sad thing for me to see with country music because that's always been pretty much the, the mainstay with, with country music is that it took longer to develop the fans, but once they were fans, uh, they were more loyal than your last single record, you know. Um, the other side of that coin is uh, the approach that they're making with it has attracted a far younger audience, and I'm always you know, happy to see that. And and they have a, a much bigger audience, at least in the States, than they've they've ever had. But it's uh, unfortunate to me that that they would represent that this is country music, totally. Uh, country music, like rock music, is far broader scope than that uh, and has much more history that's always been represented that isn't being represented now. So it's, it's a philosophic approach, uh, you know what I mean, as far as the new... When they say new country, that's... In my opinion, that's pretty much what it embodies, is that that attitude, that approach. You mentioned rock music. It would appear that the barriers or the whatever there is between rock music and country music seem to be melting. It seems to be almost indistinguishable these days. Well, I'm, uh, I don't know. You know, you start categorizing things. In my opinion, if you really want to be honest about it, country music is pop music today. It is the popular music, and that's all that term means is what is the popular music of the day. And in, and in the States, uh, without a doubt, country music is the popular music right now. So country music is pop music. Uh, I think there's probably still just about as many attitudes of let's draw the lines and let's don't accept and let's, let's keep this thing separated between rock and country as there's ever been. I mean, obviously you've had a very long and distinguished career. Do you think some of the newer artists today are likely to have that, bearing in mind the sort of music they're producing? Uh, they, they could have. I think there's any number of the artists out there that certainly have the depth of talent and, uh, and everything to, to have a long career. Uh, but I think it's going to be very difficult for them to have a long career uh, based on the attitude of the industry at this point in time. That's, that's what I was talking about. Who do you rate of the young, young country stars today? Who do I rate? I really don't like to get into that. What about yourself and, and things that inspire you these days, things that you're writing songs about now, perhaps you weren't before? Well, I, I really haven't been writing that much here. Uh, the last few years and like I was saying before I think a whole lot of that has to do with uh, we have so many new writers and and writers period uh, in Nashville and in the country that uh, pretty much answer the call of whatever my needs are and uh, in my opinion anyway uh, they do a better job of it than I do so you know uh, you know, writing is a very isolated, lonely kind of a thing to do. And, and so rather than 
then do that when there's a good possibility somebody else has already written it better. Uh, hasn't really been in, really, you know, I haven't had that much pressure on me to do it. Are you as enamored of country music as you've always have been? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't listen to country music all the time. I never have. If I listen to any kind of music all the time, I start getting bored with it, you know. But uh, I like to listen to a little bit of all of it, you know. And uh, and that kind of helps me feel like I have my perspective together. May I ask who your favorite artists are, who you might go and see in concert yourself? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I guess if Eric was close by, I'd go see him, Eric Clapton. I've always wanted to uh, wanted to see Perry Como perform. I was a big fan of uh, of Johnny Horton's and that, but that isn't possible. As far as you know, who's doing what today? Uh, Gordon Lightfoot. I've been to see Lightfoot over the, just the last few years. I don't attend a lot of concerts, you know. By the time I get through with my thing, uh, uh, going and sitting in another theater too you know, go through this whole thing is not really one of my favorite things to think about. You seem to be a very laid-back person. Is that the way your life is as well, away from the work? I don't really know if I'm as laid-back as maybe I appear to be. Uh, I can get as wound up over some things as I probably just about anybody. But your voice, both speaking and singing, is so nicely laid-back and calm and everything else. Is that... That belie the true persona then? Well, I guess that's a blessing, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, maybe I, you know, sound that way because there are there are times I can get pretty excited. <laughs> what sort of things do you like to do away from music? Well, when I get home, uh, there's always any number of things that seem like they've worked themselves into a, a state of needing some repair, you know, fix things uh, I enjoy that, and uh, you know, just just keeping our place up and making sure everything's like it should be. And beyond that, uh, if I have the time, I really uh, enjoy fishing. Do a little hunting from time to time, but uh, that's pretty much it. Can you tell us something about your family? Well, I'm married. Been married for 34 years, and. Uh, my wife's name is Joy, and uh, have two sons. Uh, the oldest is 30. His name's Gary, and uh, our youngest son is Timmy. Uh, he's uh, 26. And then we have a, a niece on my wife's side that's like a daughter to us, and she's 24, and we have three grandkids. Is there any um, repeating of your career in, in the future in your family? Well, I really don't know anything about that. Music is very special to uh, both our sons. The oldest plays drums, and uh, the youngest one plays guitar and sings and writes and uh, and, and does it all very well. Uh, but, you know, they'd like to have it, but I don't know if they're gonna going to do it or not. Would you encourage them to get your children to go into music? Well... I wouldn't say I would encourage. Uh, I tr I've tr always tried to be very realistic with them. You know, if they want Daddy to help them, uh, 
there are any number of things that you can do that there's there's formulas for. You know, you can be a pharmacist or uh, I guess you'd say chemist over here uh, or a veterinarian or whatever. You know, there's formulas for those things. But music, uh, there aren't really any, nothing's chiseled in stone. And if you want it bad enough, you just have to get out and make it happen. Are they into your music or are they into the new wave of country music? Well, I've been very fortunate. They've always really appreciated what I do. And uh, so I've been really happy about that because I know a lot of fathers that their sons could care less about what they do, you know. But they've always enjoyed and appreciated what I do. Uh, but, I mean, that doesn't say they don't have other interests, too. They certainly do. Now, some of your music has been performed, as you mentioned Eric Clapton earlier, by some of the rock greats as well. How does that feel that you're sort of spreading your message across into other fields of music? Well, I'm always amazed. Uh, it's like my music being accepted in a totally different culture. Uh, you know, when people from uh, various other walks of life that you know what they do takes so much concentration and focus and and everything that they could possibly be aware of what I do is always, uh, it's just amazing to me. What's the greatest tribute you've ever been paid in your career, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the greatest, I don't know. There's been any number of things that people have said and done that, uh, that I was just knocked out over. Uh, but I don't know what the greatest would be, really. What about great moments, like I mean, performing at White House, the White House and things like that? I don't know, whatever you might have done that really thrills you. Well, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, performances, uh, there's three definitely that stand out. Uh, when I played Ca uh, Carnegie Hall and uh, uh, the first time at Wembley and uh, the first time I played Belfast. Do you keep many souvenirs of your career? Do you keep sort of gold discs on your walls, or do they all just go into an attic somewhere? Well, my wife has some on the wall, and it's in my room. <laughs> it's, it's our den, you know, our living uh, family room, whatever. And she's uh, taken one end of the room and, and put some of the, the records up there. But... Uh, I guess really if I had my way about it, there wouldn't be anything like that around for me to look at. A lot of your colleagues, and certainly in Nashville, have got their own sort of museums and places dedicated to them. Is that sort of thing you, I mean, have you got one named after you, or is that something you'd like to do? If anything like that was ever done, it'd have to be done by somebody else. Because, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not one, I don't like to... Uh, think that much about and spend that much time, you know, uh, psychoanalyzing or whatever, uh, what I have done. I'm always far more interested in what I'm doing right now and what I'm going to do. How satisfied are you with what you've achieved? Well, I have felt like for the last uh, probably 10 to 15 years, if I would have died then, I would have been a very fortunate man because uh, I had already accomplished then uh, more than I ever really expected to. I've been truly blessed uh, in the songs that I've had offered to me 
and uh, the way the fans have been to me and and the industry in general really have been uh, uh, very kind to me what's it like to to know that uh you know, in centuries to come, your music will still be remembered and appreciated by many, many people. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know if if that's what happens. I mean, that'll be just another thing that would just not, you know, just blow me away. Uh, you know, I, I just do, I do what I feel like I understand, you know. And part of that understanding is that... Uh, I think it's my responsibility to do, it, to do it the absolute best that I know how at that point in time. And I can't go any further than that. You know, I try to be as sincere with what I'm doing as I can be and do it the best that I can and all the rest of that's up to God and everybody else, you know. Uh, and so that's really, you know, that's as far as I can go with that. As far as my feelings, I've never done anything as good as I would like to do it. Isn't that the typical artist, ever ever creative artist, always wanting to do better? I, I think that's probably true. That's why we keep doing it. If somehow or other, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, uh, we're convinced we can do it better somehow. So how long, you know, with all this, obviously we'd like to see you keep coming back here, but how long will you keep on coming back? I mean, do you intend to carry on performing forevermore? I would imagine I'll perform as long as... Uh, as I have the uh, the health and the desire, and uh, the fans tell me they want me to come back. And they certainly are at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Mm. How, in the dim and distant future, would you like to be remembered? Well, I think uh, I think if if anybody that knew me could say that I was a good man, that uh, tried to help his brother, that would be enough for me.